Hey, everybody. As you probably saw, unless you were under a rock yesterday, former President Donald Trump was arrested, was arraigned, brought up on the charges that he was indicted for. We now know that it is, as had been leaked, 34 different felony charges of business fraud. And today I want to talk about the district attorney in this case, Alvin Bragg, because conservatives are really defining the narrative about who he is and who he isn't. I have known Alvin Bragg for nearly 10 years, and I want to unpack and explain what I know about the man. I definitely want to combat several kind of lies and stereotypes and misnomers about him that conservatives are spreading and just humanize a man that is really doing something that has never been done in American history. Let me unpack and explain it. Glad you're here. This is Sean King, and you're listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 The Breakdown. Today, I don't want to talk about Donald Trump. I'm I'm tired of him and refuse to allow him to dominate this podcast or any of my writings or social media. He is newsworthy. Um, His actions, his words, things about him do need to be covered. And when they need to be covered and when I need to provide a, a, a stance or position that's not being addressed elsewhere, I'll step up and do it. But today I want to talk about Manhattan's district attorney, Alvin Bragg. Um, He is a very, very good human being. He is a decent, moral, honest man. He is is a quiet man, uh, very reserved. Um, I have known him through two, two main outlets, When he worked with the New York Attorney General's office, um, I knew him as someone who cared deeply about civil rights and human rights and saw him step up on cases of police violence and human rights violations in that capacity. I also knew him as an attorney, uh, a private attorney. Uh, After he left his role in the New York Attorney General's office, that stepped up to help and support the family of Eric Garner. And um, back then, just uh, attorney Alvin Bragg was just a stabilizing force for that family as they fought for uh, reform, for change, for justice, for compensation, for accountability. And uh, I was always, I care about all of these families deeply. And I was always just so glad that they had him. Um, He was born and raised in New York. He is a son of Harlem. Uh, He grew up in Harlem and grew up in Harlem during the crack epidemic, during a, a time where Harlem was facing deep struggles during the thing that's called the war on drugs. But we know it was never really a war on drugs. It was always a war on people. It was particularly a war on black people and black communities. And he came of age during that war uh, where uh, drugs flooded Harlem. And he had a doting family that just adored and loved him. 
and helped, you know, to to guide him and keep him safe through incredibly difficult times. Uh, he is a leader and a deacon in his church. Like, I, I want to say this. I, I just want to say it the way I mean it. And I, and you know, I can apologize later. It just speaks to the stability of who he is as a man. Like, I, I just want to say it the way I'm thinking it. Like, he's kind of lame. <laughs> I just mean, he's not the cool guy. Okay, like he is, he's the guy you want to have your back, but he's not flashy. He is a deacon at your local church. <laughs> okay, that's who this man is. Pastors and leaders knew that this was the type of man who was so consistent and had such high character that they elevated him to not just being a church volunteer, but a church deacon. Like that, that's who this man is. And I need to address something because people keep calling Alvin far left. I'm far left. <laughs> okay. And in the Manhattan district attorney's race, I made a very difficult decision. Alvin was running to be district attorney and there were about 10 candidates and there were at least four that I would say were to the left of Alvin. But because of my longstanding relationship with Alvin, I had met him before, I had worked with him before. Even though Alvin, his politics did not really meet my politics, um, like I thought very, you know, much about endorsing him anyway. I spoke to Alvin during the endorsement process. Uh, you know, our staff at Real Justice, the uh, the organization that we lead that helps elect district attorneys around the country. Uh, we interviewed him. He he went through our interview and intake process. And in the end, we decided we are a far left organization. We decided not to endorse Alvin Bragg. And we endorsed another candidate, Tahani Obushi, that we felt was to the left of Alvin. And there were at least four other really good candidates that were farther left then you know, to, to Alvin's left, Alvin was in the middle. Alvin is not a far left Democrat. He he may be um, what we would call center left. I'm like, I wouldn't call him just like a Joe Biden moderate per se, but he was he was the moderate candidate in that race. And he he is a New York moderate. And what's moderate changes like what being moderate in California is different than what being moderate in Georgia means. Like they're two very different places. It's like almost like two different countries. And in that race, Alvin Bragg was a moderate. He was not far left. And it just speaks to who he was. And, and New York's voters did not choose the far left candidates. They chose, they chose Alvin Bragg. And, you know, it is what it is. When Alvin won, I was proud and happy. Um, our candidate lost. And, you know, to this day, you know, I like I still really wish that she had won. She would have been far more aggressive on Trump 
on criminal justice reform than Alvin. I don't say that as a diss to Alvin. I just say we wanted somebody that was going to flip the whole system on its head. And that's not Alvin. Alvin is, is a man of great character. We knew that Alvin, for instance, would care deeply about anybody that was wrongly convicted in Manhattan. Like he cares, he cares about the so-called war on drugs. He cares about things that we call crimes of poverty. He cares about homelessness. He has a huge heart. But he's a moderate Democrat. And he was the moderate in the race. And so you just need to understand that Republicans love to define the narrative about who somebody is and who they aren't. And they just they're getting a lot of stuff about Alvin Bragg wrong. Um, We'll be right back. We have a quick word from some of our sponsors. And I just want to give you a big update on a story that I talked about yesterday. We'll be right back. Uh, First, even before I talk about the story and an update on yesterday's story, there were some huge, huge victories yesterday. Uh, The progressive Democrat won in the Chicago mayoral race, and we are extremely excited about that. A, A moderate to liberal Democrat won in the Wisconsin Supreme Court race, and that now flips the majority in the Wisconsin Supreme Court to a liberal 4-3 majority. I believe I have that right. And so we're seeing in the Midwest, progressives and liberals are winning significant races in the Chicago mayoral race, in the Wisconsin, that was a statewide Supreme Court race. Um, In 2022, uh, Democrats took over every branch of government in Michigan. Democrats are making major moves in the Midwest as Republicans make the South extremely conservative politically. The Midwest is responding by saying, we reject that and we don't want that here. Uh, I want to give you just a quick update. And I have a phone call. I have to hop on for my dear mother Um, in Tennessee tomorrow. They are voting in Tennessee in the state legislature to oust three Democrats who just protested gun violence and ridiculous gun laws in Tennessee. That's all they did. Like, there was no violence. There were no injuries. Uh, There were no weapons. There was no one killed. They have disabled their key cards. They have already written the legislation to have them removed. These are people that were voted in by their constituents, democratically elected people. And with the, the, the swipe of a pen, they are trying to remove them from office. It is a huge deal. It is a slide into fascism. It is an escalation of kind of what I think is a head-to-head confrontation that we're experiencing in this country right now. And uh, I am deeply concerned. I will probably give you an update on what happens tomorrow. I'll probably give you an update on that on Friday. And we'll connect then, all right? Love and appreciate you you all. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you're not yet a member, go now. 
to thenorthstar.com. And please, please, please join today. We need you. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day. We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist, Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening, but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Mom.